What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Does Michael Bunting deserve the Calder Trophy being 26 years of age? I don't think you got to worry about that because I don't think he is even the NHL's best rook. So I don't think, you know, I, he's going to be up for voting, right? Michael Bunting of your Leafs. I would vote personally for Tanner Janot. He's had an unbelievable season. But just based on odds, it's going to be one of those two kids out of uh, Detroit that will win it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to the RP Show, your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. Coming at you live on Game Plus Television, all across Canada and in 31 U.S. states. We got to work on that, eh, guys and gals at Game Plus? More states. Uh, it's hot and sticky here where we're broadcasting from, and I'm hoping that the Moose has put all his clothes on as we bring him in here uh, from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. One half of the show. Hey, a lot brighter than where you were earlier. You look like you were in a 1978 edition of uh, Playgirl magazine. Uh, half nude. Last I saw you, hair rough and tumbled in a darkly lit room. You've changed. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what we can pull together so, uh, so quickly before the show. We just turned the, turned the home studio on. And you zipped up. Hey, uh, by the way, this will probably come up in the warm-up here this morning, but they were talking about you in the gym this morning. You, Moose. Okay. They want to get you down here for a visit. And uh, one lady, let's call her Katie. Every time I call you Moose Knuckle, she giggles uncontrollably. So I just wanted to tell you that you are being uh, represented here in South Florida. Coming up on the program today, although it is a football Friday and a lot of our topics will pertain to football, our guests are not. Uh, Josh Getzoff is the radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of the top teams in the NHL right now. It was the only day that he could join us. He'll be with us. And also, uh, Stephen Stamp will be joining us to preview a very big weekend in the National Lacrosse League. But if you don't mind, I think it's time to hit the quick six show horn, please. And thank you, Director Jordan. 
Number one, I just got the notification that uh, Canada's pool is being unveiled as we speak for the World Cup in Qatar. It's not even in my quick six show topics. We'll debate it as this show goes along, okay? But what I will point out, because it's not just about sports, what we do here. It's fun. It's entertainment, blah, blah, blah. It is April 1st, Moose. And I feel like we're coming out of COVID, but people still aren't into the April Fool's thing. I didn't see any elaborate April Fool's jokes today anywhere. Uh, Paul Almeida from Chad Radio, I think he's on Chad in Edmonton. Maybe he's on the competition. He tweeted that, breaking news, CFL, XFL have announced that they're going to play a championship game at the end of the season, blah, blah, blah. CFL rules in Canada, American rules in America. And a friend of mine that works for the BC Lions, Matt Baker, was like, weak. Didn't we already do that joke? It's not even, that's where we're at. There's nothing even funny anymore. But I will say this, we had a viewer in Santa, Santa Ana, California, who she was a day early on uh, April Fool's. She said, Bruce Willis died. You You don't have the exact mail in front of you, but would you mind telling the viewers what came in overnight from Karen in Santa Ana, California? Yeah, it came into our YouTube. She really wanted to clarify things, that she wasn't trying to spread fake news. She got the news handed over really quickly from a friend who works in an office. She didn't fact check it or verify it. She just wanted to help us out. She's just trying to help. She loves the show, watches every day. And even though you scolded her, Rod, yesterday, she still thinks you're kind of cute, but she doesn't like it when you wear orange. So that's what we learned overnight. Hi, Karen. We love you in Santa Ana, California. Thank you for watching. Thanks for playing. But I will say this. If you're going to enter the chat and start spewing, you better wear a helmet and you'd better be, you better have the elbows up. Okay? Because you can't just come in and say Bruce Willis died and then expect to just mosey on your way. So she was a day early on that. But the thing is, she actually meant it. Anyways, moving on, we're going to break with tradition or, and the structure and format, which people don't, would be shocked to believe that we actually have structure and a format, but we do. Um, but this morning, a notification came down. You probably got it too on my phone from TSN. Bayern Munich left back Alfonso Davies is Canada's most marketable active athlete, according to an international study from TSN slash IMI. Alfonso Davis is Canada's most marketable active athlete. The 21-year-old Davies, who has a backstory that would inspire Hollywood and skills that make him among the best soccer players on the planet, placed ahead of Canadian NBA stars, as well as Formula One driver Lance Stroll and the NHL Sidney Crosby and Connor McJesus. And I have to say, I didn't, I stopped reading there. I took two paragraphs of it from the TSN website, put it in my quick six. It's my second point. Um, I'm not sure I buy this. And the reason I stopped reading there was I'm sure they have all their metrics and their guidelines as to why Alfonso Davies is Canada's most marketable athlete. And maybe, maybe he is. He is. Like come November, when the World Cup kicks off, I'm sure their ratings will blow the NHL, CFL, NFL out of the water. Believe me, I'm sure that they will. So I'm not saying that I'm necessarily right. But I think if you stop, a hundred Canadians on the street from Gander, Newfoundland to, as you're looking at it, to Victoria, BC, a hundred. And you say, who's Canada's most marketable athlete? That's how I would do the poll. 90 
are saying for sure Connor McDavid or some NHL star. Change my mind. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, and it all depends on who you're marketing to. Like if we go across the world or we even go across North America, I think more people would be familiar with the name Alfonso Davies because he's now become an international superstar. Reminds me of when George St. Pierre was at the peak in, in the UFC in his mixed martial arts career. You know, his name carried so much weight throughout North America and around the world. And, you know, it became a really uh, marketable asset for Canada. You know, inside our walls of, of Canada, though, yeah, I would think uh, hockey's still number one easily. I think it would be McDavid or Crosby, you know, or McKinnon or those guys would have, the, you know, the most, uh, be the most marketable. But, man, uh, it could be Davies, I guess, if you're looking at who can you market Canada to uh, when you're marketing to the rest of the world. Well, right. There's all those different ways of looking at it. But I would say if you have a brand new sport drink, that sports drink that's right on the market for the first time, let's say pink drink, and you're looking for some marketable athlete in Canada to help you sell it, who are you hiring? And I think it would be Connor McDavid. Uh, BioSteel has actually done that. That's my metric for who's the most marketable, or who would you sign number one to sell your product in Canada? Anyways, we got to move along. I knew this would be a hot button topic, and people can write in in the chat who you think Canada's most marketable athlete is, because TSN says it's Alfonso Davies. To point three, Austin Matthews scored his NHL leading 50th goal of the season, and the Toronto Maple Leafs Beat the Winnipeg Jets 7-3 Thursday night. Right Matthews scored Toronto's sixth goal. Toronto's sixth goal of the game into an empty net with 2.06 to go. Wee Willie Nylander had two power play goals and a helper. Ilya Mikhaev scored a shorty. Had a three-point game. Mark Giordano added a goal and an assist. Johnny T also scored for Toronto. And they got 20 saves out of Eric Jalgren. And I'll say this, it was a far closer game than that, wasn't it, Moose? Did you watch the game? It was tight. It was like 2-2, 3-3, then 4-3, 5-3, bing, bing, bing. But the Jets held it close for quite a while. I watched it. Nikolai Ehlers yeah. had a goal and a helper. Blake, B Blake Wheeler and Paul Stastny also scored for Winnipeg. Eric Comrie stopped 31 shots. Before I move on, how did you feel about the game? No, it was good, and you're right. It was a it was a good close game for a while, and then the Leafs just pulled away at the end, and uh, you know put their foot on the gas pedal. But I thought the Jets held in for a while, and then just uh, couldn't keep up at the end. Thank you for the analysis. Yeah, you know, from our viewers, Don, our Navy friend, inter international marketable athlete, not Canada's most marketable athlete. Well, I have it verbatim in front of me. Do I need to go back? Uh, maybe Donnie went and read it from the TSN website. Is Canada's most marketable active athlete? Doesn't say anything about international or marketing that person globally. Canada's most marketable athlete. I might have it wrong. There's a very good chance of that. Moving on. Down here in Sunrise, Florida, Sergey Bobrovsky stopped 37 shots for his third shutout of the season, leading Florida past Chicago 4 0. Where's the. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. They're not listening. LFG. They are listening. Right. <laughs> Sasha Barkov scored twice. Gustav Forsling had a goal and an assist. And Ryan Lamborghini. Ryan Lomberg, but they call him the Lamborghini here in South Florida. 
scored his fourth goal in three games as the Panthers won their 28th home game, a club record for a season. How about the Panthers? They continue, continue to kick the crap out of everybody. Their next victims at FLA Live Arena is the Leafs on Tuesday night. We might want to put a wager on it. Moose? Ooh. Everybody's talking about it around here. Toronto coming into town. But I want to say this because people love my stories. This morning in the gym, they were kibitzing. They were needling me. And they said, they're all watching the show, right? And they said, oh, we love the way you say the names. What are, you, what are you talking about? You say it Kucherov. I said, well, what is it? Kucherov. They call him Kuch. And all these Russian names. And I'm like, listen, guys. I learned when you guys were, were knee-high to a grasshopper from the Russians how to say their names. They said you need to put the emphasis on the middle syllable. It's not Sergei Fedorov. It's Sergei Fedorov. All these guys. I learned it from the Russians way back when. And I think now Russians either are too lazy to correct the announcers and the fans, or they don't know that it's being said, or they literally don't care. Or more than anything, they're probably too shy to say this is how we're supposed to say it. But I was always taught, I've been around a day or two, the middle syllable is the one that you emphasize. For instance, I said to the one guy, Brian, today, if you go back and listen to the 2012 World Juniors tape of the broadcast, Moose, you and I listened to it. I said, uh, you know, Joel Armia. No, it's Armia. Armia. Middle syllable. So, anyways, this is some of the buzz down here in South Florida. How you say Russians' names. Any thoughts on that? Look at Ovechkin. Yeah, look at Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Not Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Not Ovechkin. It's Ovechkin. It's the middle syllable. But as usual, I'm told that I'm wrong, and I've gotten far, far, far better, man, in my life at just knowing that I'm right and just, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Moving on, Freddie Anderson made 32 saves for his fourth shutout of the season, and Andrei Sveshnikov scored twice as Carolina dominated Montreal 4 nothing in rally. How about that? Former Boston College... Okay, we're good with that. Former Boston College captain Mark McLaughlin scored in his NHL debut, capping a six-goal second-period outburst that propelled Boston over New Jersey 8-1. Kyle Palmieri scored the go-ahead goal early in the third to lift the New York Islanders past Columbus 5-2. In St. Paul, Evgeny Malkin scored... See, it's Evgeny, not Evgeny, or Evgeny. It's Evgeny Malkin. Scored 357 into overtime, and Ricard Raquel had two goals as Pittsburgh halted Minnie's seven-game win streak, beating the Wild 4-3 in Denver. Miko Rantanen scored the go-ahead goal on a power play with 743 to go. Pavel Frankuz stopped 25 shots, and Colorado beat San Jose 4-2. And we wind up our trip in Calgary, where I miss our Calgary family, Darren, as I know you do too. Lias Anderson scored the deciding goal in the shootout. Cal Peterson made 26 saves, and Los Angeles beat the Flames 3-2. For Calgary, it's back-to-back -back losses for the first time since January when they lost four in a row. So that's the scoop from the National Hockey League. A little later on, we will talk about uh, the featured game of the week. I'm sure you have thought about it. The weekend, our Bet Regal contest. Yep. This is our viewers' chance to write in 
with a game that they th- will be watching the most this weekend. Pick the winner of it, and if you successfully do that, you'll randomly go into a draw for a prize package from our friends at Bet Regal. People are writing in, then they're retracting their comments. I think they might be like Karen in Santa Ana. They're afraid now. They're afraid to wade into the cesspool with their comments. <clears throat> we're, we're, uh, we're aware that the World Cup draw is going to be today. There are other networks covering that, so we're not going to jump on that train. You tell me what pool they're in. And by the way, coming up next, because it is a football Friday, after the break, we're going to talk all CFL stuff, uh, NLL weekend, all of that. But in the time we have left here, Moose, let me just say this, because in our morning meeting, which you called uh you said hey the draws today which we all know how could you miss it my notifications yeah. are going off like bing 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 i get it hey i got it but i said to me it doesn't really matter it's like when the schedule comes out it's not that i'm not a soccer guy but like, we got to play all these teams anyways nine home nine on the road this many against the east this many against I know the pool is a big thing in the World Cup, but let's not act like you and I know who these teams are going to be that they're playing. But as you said in the meeting, there are world superpowers. You know, yeah. so I, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm not following it as much as you. Are you, though? Um, no, I don't think so. I just don't understand. You know, and I'm, we'll get some clarity. Pot one, two, three. I saw this in pot one. I saw it came on in pot one was Spain, England, Portugal, you know, Brazil. Murderers that's run. all these superpowers. I know. And I'm like, oh, but that's not group one. So I don't know. So I'm going to wait and see what the groups look like because you got to play your group teams first, I guess. So hopefully what I hope is that Canada is in a group with a bunch of countries that I've never heard of when it comes to soccer. Fair? Absolutely. And hey, we're a couple of small town guys on a national network, Game Plus TV, trying to figure this all out. But I will say this about the soccer people. They've been very accommodating, haven't they? Jamie Nugabauer, mm-hmm. Rachel, our former intern, um, Simon Fudge has been after us for a long time, and now that we're into it, because they've been trying to get into us, us into it for so long, now we're into it, they're like, welcome aboard. Right? They haven't turned their back on us and said we were trying. They've been very nice. Yeah. And I appreciate that. We are three points through the quick six. A lot of fun coming up after this break. You are watching the RP show on the Game Plus TV network. We're streaming on YouTube live daily. And, of course, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy the best podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is a football Friday for our friends at Flame Tech, industry leaders in combustion services. Flame Tech, in business over 30 years. Uh, so, yeah, we got the Moose with us, the co host. Uh, you know what I'm going to say, Moose. And you got the text going around. So, apparently, we're not on Game Plus. Let me say this. Duly noted, I'm getting inundated through Twitter, Facebook texts from people that were not on Game Plus. And you'd let us know. But uh, to let me know 
is like asking Austin Matthews why tonight's game is on TSN but not Sportsnet, Hockey in Canada. Am, am I saying I'm the Austin Matthews of sports talk hosts? Yes, I am. That's like saying, Bo Levi, how come the Stamps game's on TSN 3 but not TSN 1? He's like, I, I'm not sure here. I'm trying, I'm trying to throw touchdowns. I, you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know what happened. Right, guys. I, uh, yeah. Can you imagine, Bo? I'm going to take it. We got to take a time out here. I got to sort out the TV uh, situation here. Um, we're just going to take a few delay game penalties, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's like under the huddle. Let's get in there. All right, sorry. He's under, he's under the center. And all of a sudden, oh, hang on. Undoes his chin strap. Wait, I just got word that we're only on TSN 5. Stop the game. I know I'm being somewhat facetious here, but uh, I, I don't know why we're not on Game Plus today. I sit in front of the mic. That's, that's what I do. I let the tech guys think about the other stuff. So, anyways, um, we I, I actually do appreciate this. Viewers are writing in saying what's going on on the World Cup draw TV specials. And I can't name who those guys are because there's a lot of people have written in, but they said that's more of it looks like more of a concert than an actual draw. So thanks for reporting on that as we move along on this Flame Tech Football Friday. I'll jump right to the poll question, and that is. Will the CFL ever expand to Atlantic Canada? Ever. Last I saw the response, the vote was like 60-40 to the no. And that's on Twitter. Clark will tell me at some point uh, what the YouTube vote is. If we bring the moose back in, Capital Automall, 65% say yes, they will. So we can, we can cook, kick it around. I know that our viewers all week long have been writing in about this. And what it is, is they announced on Wednesday, Touchdown Atlantic, July 16th, Saskatchewan versus Toronto in Nova Scotia. I get it. They've been wanting to talk about CFL expansion all week. I didn't. Let's wait until Friday when we talk about football. And for two reasons, I voted no, the CFL will never expand to Atlantic Canada. I'll just give you two up. I could probably give you 10 moose, but... Number one, I don't think they will. That's why I voted no. And number two, I hope that me voting no spurs them on to actually do it. But I just think they won't. Because it motivates guys like you and me when people say you can't do something. Like the people seven years ago said to me that, well, you'll never be able to get sober. You're too far gone. You're too much of a drunk. Oh, yeah? Watch. Thank you for that. And for those that said, this Rod Peterson show will never be a success. It's not going to last. I have the names written down of the people that said that, if you want to see them. Uh, thank you. Because guys like that, the haters and the doubters, make us successful. And I hope that me doubting and hating on CFL expansion will actually make these guys put a 10th team in the Atlantic Canada. But I don't think that they will. So there's my soliloquy on that. You. I vote no, completely different reason. And it's, I'm, I'm very <laughs> proud of Canada. I'm very proud of Canada. I'm very um, in love with it. I love that we're, you know, um, it's our game. But I believe, you know, in, in where we're going as a society that the, you know, I've said this before, the borders are kind of being eliminated. I could see us putting a team in Minot or in Washington State or in some American place because it'll feel more local to Canadians than putting a team out in Eastern Canada and Atlantic Canada, 
if there's no interest there from an ownership group and from fans. So I could see other markets um, being more viable. That's, uh, hey, whatever the reasons are, I just don't think it's going to happen. And um, Mike Blackbird in Toronto watching on YouTube, which apparently everybody's watching on YouTube, says never going to happen. It would have happened already. Dale Berezuk, a Winnipegger, writes in. He says, good day. The son, Jack, is in Florida with his mom for spring break. Back tomorrow. We will be back next week enjoying the show as always. Be well, friends. Dale watches with his son every single day, so he's pointing out that Jack is not with him. But he's watching. Thank you, Dale. Wayne out in Victoria, B.C. writes that he says, I believe that most people want expansion to the Maritimes, but the money and stadium are problems that have to be overcome. Yep. So there's, there's, there's more reasons, you know? And just, I, I'm, it's in my commentary today. I don't assume, Moose, that you would have read it or saw it, or maybe you were listening to Cat Country or Rock 98.5. You probably were. But I said, I'm, I'm over the CFL expansion talk. I'm over it. Because they've been kicking it around for 40 years. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 40 times, shame on me. And it's kind of annoying to me because I've had a lot of good friends. You know, Eric Tillman has told me, not to report on this, but I don't think it matters anymore. I mean, he left the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's, the, the, the word is, over a handshake agreement or a verbal agreement, that he was going to go run the uh, Atlantic Schooners. And now there's no team. He just hasn't been in the league ever since. I know guys that have been hired, they thought, consulting or working with this Schooners group. There's no team. So they're at the point of jerking people around. And I've known owners that have come and go. Oh, I know one specific owner in the CFL that he's not in the CFL anymore. Part of the reason he left was because of the archaic way of thinking of these owners. And he said, Rod, they don't want a 10th team because they don't want to split the TV money a 10th by another team. So, so there's that. So how bad do you really want to expand? Or do you just want to see us chase our tails? Which kind of seems that way, doesn't it? The four down thing, the XFL thing. This expansion talk just seems to be, as somebody wrote in, the white whale. Somebody wrote into our Twitter and said the white whale of expansion in the CFL is that. Because what tangible evidence is there that it's ever going to happen? Please tell me. It's a tennis ball. There's my ball. thought on that. It's a tennis hmm? ball. And we're the it's a tennis ball. We're the dog, you know? It's like, we don't have any food for you. Go chase the ball. I don't got any snacks for you. Go chase the ball. You know, here's four down. Here's CFL expansion. You know, here it is. Go. Keep us occupied. Get off our back. Right? So it feels like it. I mean, I'd love to see it happen, but I've never been to a touchdown Atlantic. You're just hoping that we can get out there. But uh, um, I hope it would be, I think it would be great if we could add a tense team and stretch all across Canada. But there's a reason happened yet telling us that it's going yeah you're having an internet internet issue there i don't know if the boys can tell darren what he needs to do john ohm ohm watching in winnipeg says let's keep the cfl in canada for now and that's the other problem is nobody not everybody can agree on where this league is going and i will just point this out because i'm a cfl fan i'm a cfl backer but I'm just not in it for the fake news. When the CFL returns this season in May when they kick off the league, what's changed? 
same nine teams, same rules, same people. They did it. They got through COVID with no change, which was really what they wanted all along. You know what I'm saying? Think about that for a second. Yes. I know. It's crazy, like, to think that that's, you know, we, we were... We thought, you know, COVID was going to maybe expose these issues. And now we can address all the issues and we can create some change coming out of the pandemic. No, there's no, there's no change. And maybe they're, they're able to survive and, and, and thrive again. But that would just be out of pure luck, I think. You know, no changes. And we'll see where they go in the next, you know, two to three years. Yeah. We heard now's the time to fix our business. Now's the time. You know, we're not playing, so let's roll up our sleeves and fix this. And I see them coming back with absolutely zero change. Let's think about that. Robin in Prince Albert watching says, can't they just make that temporary stadium in Atlantic Canada like the BC Lions did a few years back? Ask them. From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. Would rather see a team in the Maritimes than in the States. Yeah. I'm all for growth, but it's not growing. It's just surviving. And I guess that's the reason why I brought up the, um, my commentary today. Because you can always read it every day at rodpeterson.com. It airs on Cat Country FM and uh, Rock 98.5 FM. But the other thing is you cannot just pay attention to the Maritimes for a week, a year and then have them all hot and bothered about getting a team. Because you said you haven't been to Touchdown Atlantic Moose, but I have. I was out there. You know me. I'm talking to cab drivers and servers and restaurants and Tim Horton's worker. I'm talking to everybody. And I just got the sense that there was not a major appetite for CFL football in the Maritimes. And we've seen the Angus Reid studies where Maritimers identify themselves as an NFL fan region more so than the Canadian Football League. And why wouldn't they be? Because the CFL only shows up one week out of the year, and the other 51, they're getting the NFL hammered into their face. So I know you've been in and out, Moose, but what I just said is you can't show up for a one week out of the year and expect them to be yeah. beating your door down to get a team. Would you agree or disagree with that? No, I would agree with that for sure. you got to constantly find a way to reach that market. But it also has to be worth your time to go reach that market. Like You're not going to put a ton of effort into going and, and marketing to this, you know, part of Canada, if you have no interest or you really don't think that you're going to add a franchise there or you're going to get TV viewership from those regions. So, you know, that becomes a real tough one, you know, um, but you're right. It can't be more than, it has to be more than just one week a year. Another from John in Winnipeg. He says, is the CFL in any worse shape now than it was in the 90s when it expanded to the States? Well, a couple things on that. Apples and oranges. Um, so we're not as bad as then. That's not a recipe for success or nothing that I would be proud of. And secondly, it is a, it's a night and day league from back then. You had owners that were millions and millions of dollars in debt. Franchises. Sig Gucci in Calgary comes to mind. Murray Pezum with the BC Lions. Now you've got teams owned by the Flames and owned by... Uh, the uh, the uh, Leafs and Raptors, you know what I mean? you got these sports conglomerates yeah. owning teams that'll never run out of money. And the CFL just seems to be a tr- treated like an annoyance by those teams. You know, and then you had 
Saskatchewan and Winnipeg shoveling dough to those nearly defunct teams just to keep them alive. My God, I'd like to think we're not there. So because we're not, not. living hand-to-mouth in the 90s, we're better? Got it. And then with Chris saying she'd rather have another team in Canada than in the United States, um, we can sit and talk about this and argue till the cows come home. But like I say, I don't see any change. Anyways, Moose, you got your internet figured out? I hope so. I hope so. Okay. I hope I'm not getting kicked out of here anymore. Well, you're looking great, by the way. I'll see you back here in an hour or two. See you then. A sports update. And, and by the way, there's your CFL talk on a football Friday. Why we don't think the CFL will ever expand to Atlantic Canada. Sports update. The Toronto Blue Jays. Breaking news today. Extending skipper Charlie Montoyo's contract. Locking up their manager through the 2023 season. He helped the team to a 91-win campaign last year. Finished fourth in the American League in manager of the year voting. The Blue Jays announced the decision this morning, which is one week before opening day. Montoyo became the 13th manager in Blue Jays history in October of 2018, signing a three-year deal with the club. The Edmonton Oilers are making life at Rogers Place miserable for their opponents. Edmonton hosts the St. Louis Blues, having won their last eight home games. In other action, the Ottawa Senators visit the Detroit Red Wings. Austin Matthews is the NHL's first 50-goal scorer this season. He became just the fourth Toronto player to hit the 50-goal plateau, scoring in the Maple Leafs' 7-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. What does this mean? Austin became just the fourth Toronto player to hit the 50-goal plateau. All time? That can't be right. Really? There hasn't been more than four Leafs in 100 years scored more than 50 goals? No wonder they're terrible. Bingo! Uh, elsewhere, the Carolina Hurricanes defeated the Montreal Canadiens 4-0, while the Kings down the Flames 3-2 in a shootout. Raptors are in Orlando tonight. They're coming off a 4-0 homestand that was capped Wednesday with a 125-102 victory over Minnesota. Michael Giglick of Burlington, Ontario, tops the six Canadians heading into the second round of the PGA Tour's Texas Open. He had an opening round three under 69, one shot better than Corey Connors of Listowel, Ontario, Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford, Nick Taylor also of Abbotsford, Adam Svensson of Surrey, and Roger Sloan of Merritt, BC are also in the event. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tap Brewhouse and Drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. We're going to Pittsburgh next. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on a Friday. Game Plus TV, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the RP Show and promotional consideration for the RP Show. Brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men. Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four. Toughtribeformen.com. And Amazon Canada. Well, I, we are figuratively going to Pittsburgh, not literally, because I got to think Josh Retzoff is, uh, gets off is on the road. Hey, Josh, welcome to the RP Show today. You guys coming off the big win in St. Paul last night and heading to Colorado next. You can't be in Pittsburgh right now, I wouldn't think. 
No, that's right, Rod, and great to be with you. Uh, we're about, uh, I guess, two time zones away in Denver, Colorado, ahead of that showdown tomorrow against the Avalanche. But yeah, you're right, coming off a uh, pretty entertaining and impressive victory for the Penguins last night in the Twin Cities. Well, let's talk about that, and Josh gets off with us. Um, you're headed into Murderer's Row out here in the West. You snapped the wild seven-game win streak, and then you're going up against potentially the best team in the entire National Hockey League, the Avalanche. How did you, how did you pull it off last night in St. Paul? You know, there was a game a couple weeks back the Penguins played rod against the St. Louis Blues, who I think are built similarly to the Minnesota Wild. They're big, they're fast, they're physical too, uh, and they like to impose those parts of their game on their opponent. Penguins aren't exactly big. Penguins can be physical, but to a different extent. They're pretty physical on the forecheck. They're not necessarily going to run you through the boards, though, in the neutral zone or anything of that nature. They're not going to drop the gloves. Uh, but they are fast, and they are skilled. And I thought in that game a couple weeks ago, they just looked like they were running circles around the St. Louis Blues. A game, ironically enough, that went to a shootout. Uh, it was tight, but that was a little misleading. Because if you watch the game, the Penguins clearly uh, were the better team on the ice. And I thought it was the same thing last night in Minnesota. The Penguins uh, use their speed, use their skill, and now they have a little bit more of it up front with Ricard Raquel coming on board uh, at the trade deadline. And I thought, you know, went into a place, as you mentioned, that's been literally a house of horrors. They had won seven games in a row at home ice. Uh, we know the XL Energy Center is one of the tougher places to play to begin with, uh, let alone with all the momentum that the Wild had built there. But Penguins go in there, they get the first goal, they build a two-goal lead. Wild storm back. I mean, they're a great hockey team. It's not surprising that they were able to do that. Uh, and I think coming into that game last night, they had led the NHL in two-goal comeback victories with seven. So uh, that was kind of commonplace for them to do what they did last night. But I just felt like once the game flipped to overtime, the Penguins took it up another notch. There was more ice, obviously, and their speed was on display, uh, and they were able to get the extra point. But uh, I just think the, the couple of games that they've strung together against some of these better teams out west here recently, like the Blues game I mentioned, like the Wild game last night, kind of sets up for – Pretty good measuring sticks as to where they rank amongst the NHL's best two teams in the Wild and the Blues that I would consider very much Stanley Cup contenders, but none more so than the team they're seeing tomorrow, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. And they haven't seen them yet this year, Rod, so that's going to be a pretty good test on Saturday afternoon. Well, just one second. Explain to me why the Flower didn't play last night. Cam Talbot did. Is it because had Mark andre played the night before? like, Or is the shine worn off the Flower playing his former team these days? Well, I'll tell you, he knew we were there, Rod. At the morning skate, he turned around and shot a puck at all the broadcasters pretty quickly to welcome us back to Minnesota. But um, he, uh, from what I understand, the Wild are pretty content with kind of flip-flopping Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury here down the stretch because Talbot coming into last night had won eight in a row on home ice. Uh, I believe also had started six of the last eight games for the Wild overall. So he's been kind of the bell cow for Minnesota for the better part of this season. Now, obviously, you bring in a future Hall of Famer in Flurry, and you got to find a way to make that work. And I think Dean Evison will at the end of the day. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some week, somewhere down the line, a couple weeks from now, it is Marc-Andre Flurry who's the number one guy. But I think they literally started Talbot because they're on a rotation. And uh, Flurry has had some success against the Penguins. But this year, uh, a couple of interesting games. He did beat him in a shootout in uh, Chicago when he was with the Blackhawks earlier in November. But Penguins lit him up pretty good in October. So uh, maybe for the best that he wasn't in for that game, a little emotional for him, obviously, every time he goes against the Penguins. But Cam Talbot's obviously carved out a pretty good spot for himself there in Minnesota as well, and he was solid last night. I picked a Vegas-Florida Stanley Cup final. I amended that to a Calgary-Florida Stanley Cup final. But now I'm starting to think it could be Colorado-Pittsburgh the way things are going. So is there any talk of that for Saturday afternoon's clash? Probably not, but these are two really good teams. 
Yeah, I would think the uh, the conversation becomes a little bit more real now, right? Because now we're in April, and it's the last week of the regular season, and these are the two teams that, towards the top of the standings, I mean, the Penguins are, I think, six spots or six points back, I should say, of the top spot in the Eastern Conference held by the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and then you look at the Western Conference, and no one has more points than the 100 to the name of the Colorado Avalanche. So that's going to be a pretty impressive test for them uh, as they get to the ice here tomorrow afternoon in uh, Denver. When I look at the, the Avalanche, though, I mean, this is the team that, you know, they had some injuries. I understand Nazem Kadri got hurt last night. I'm not sure what his status is. I know McKinnon was a little banged up. He did play. So I'm not entirely sure what their roster will look like. And the Penguins had an injury last night and Jason Zucker getting hurt right after he returned to the lineup after 30 games out. So uh, the rosters are a little bit in flux, but I think the teams and the uh, expectation of where the teams could be is very real, that it could be a, a meeting, you know, later on this spring, early summer where these two teams get together to vie for Lord Stanley's Cup. Josh, what would be the schedule for uh, the Pens today? Are they on the ice or are they getting a day off given the travel slate? Yeah, they were scheduled to practice today, but Mike Sullivan, the head coach, has a pretty good relationship with the uh, leadership group here. And they're, you know, they're one of the older teams in the league. They do have some young pieces, but their average age is almost 29 and a half years old. So uh, when they look around their room and they kind of gauge where they're at as far as, uh, you know, the, the rest needed, the recuperation needed, they took the option to have the day off today here in Denver. Uh, with the afternoon game tomorrow, I think that makes sense. I think if it was a night game tomorrow against the Avalanche, they probably would have skated today. But just an opportunity to kind of reset, regroup after a physical game in Minnesota last night and get ready for what should be another physical and fast-paced game against the Avs Saturday. Probably the must-see game of the weekend of the National Hockey League. Josh, well, them taking the day off afforded you the time to come on with us. I really appreciate it, man. Good luck chasing Lord Stanley. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, anytime, Rod. Great to join you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, bud. The radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh Getzoff, joining us from Denver. We'll be right back with a Taco Time viewer takeover. On the way, Stephen Stamp, our National Lacrosse League insider, coming up in Hour 2, and more of the Moose as well. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show, streaming on YouTube today. Also, Game Plus Television, Monday to Friday, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the always popular viewer takeover. Are we on the air? It's the always popular viewer takeover segment presented by Taco Time. Ah, oh boy. I'm looking at the viewers. Larry Dye in Medicine Hat regarding our poll question. He says the CFL will be in Atlantic Canada when they move out of Toronto. I'm not touching that one today. He wrote in on the 902 text line, 902-518-3033. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, will the CFL ever, in all caps, ever expand to Atlantic Canada? And that, Larry, isn't even a stab at the, uh, at the question. I said, will they expand? You're saying they're going to move out of Toronto. That's a different thing. And believe me, a few weeks ago, we were doing the show from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. And 
I suggested that the Argos move, and it was not popular with the people in Toronto. Let's just put it that way, okay? My phone blew up all day and night. They didn't like that suggestion, so I'm not going to make that suggestion. Rob Tyson, watching in Cold Lake, Alberta, says ESPN and TSN announced a wide broadcast schedule of the NLL playoffs. What does your buddy Stamper know about that? Thanks. Uh, Stephen Stamp coming up next hour to talk about that. But now would be a good time here in Viewer Takeover to talk about that because we do enjoy all sports. This from the NLL PR team out of Philadelphia. What a weekend on deck. Nine games. Over the course of four days, the Buffalo Bandits are the only team to have clinched a playoff spot. Seven more spots remain. The Rock, the Thunderbirds, and Seals can all clinch a playoff spot this weekend, and the Bandits can get a home playoff game. So tonight, April the 1st, the games are Nighthawks, Rochester Nighthawks at Halifax Thunderbirds, Toronto Rock at Georgia Swarm, and the featured game of the week is the Vancouver Warriors at the Calgary Roughnecks. 7 p.m. Mountain for those of you in southern Alberta. TSN will be showing it nationally as their game of the week. And there's a bunch of games tomorrow, including on ESPN2, the San Diego Seals at the Toronto Rock. Also, Philadelphia at New York. Buffalo at Colorado. And Albany at Vancouver. So... How about that? Very big weekend in the NLL. We'll be talking next hour with Stephen Stamp about that. And I should also mention what uh, the viewer Rob in Cold Lake, Alberta, is referring to. And am I ever glad that I wrote this down or included it in my show topics? We never got to it off the opener. The 2022 NLL playoffs schedule has been announced. Over May and June, the postseason will consist of a single elimination game quarterfinals, which I don't think is new. We'll have to bring the Moose on next hour to talk about that. I always think the quarterfinals, the first round, is a one-game series. And then the conference finals are best of three. And the championship final is best of three. If the playoffs started today, the defending champion Calgary Roughnecks would be the first champion since the 2008 Nighthawks to fail to qualify for the playoffs to defend their title. So it goes on to say what the first-round matchups would be, but the playoffs aren't starting today, so I'm not willing to go down that road. But we are excited about the NLL, of course, and I can't wait to get back to Canada to watch some of it because there's none here in South Florida. What a day would be if there is, if that happened. Uh, it's past noon Eastern, so you can't go with the April Fool's jokes now. Um, Tacona and Winnipeg says, breaking news, Connor Bedard traded to Saskatoon. He literally almost had me. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute of play in hour one. For .37 seconds, you had me, Tacona. Then I realized the trade deadline's gone. And two, it's April Fool's. I have no clue what they're talking about with the Qatar draw, the World Cup. That's not to say I'm discounting it. But we heard today that the, you know, the draw would be selected. We would find out who Canada's playing. Uh, they're saying a pot A, pot B. There's a concert going on, a band. What? What is this sport that they call football? Hey. Moose will rejoin us next hour to make sense of it all. It's going to rain here shortly, too. i got to get the Jeep covered up in the break. 
We'll be right back here on uh, YouTube and apparently no Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit RodPeterson.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.